Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. some comedian last night and he was talking about people getting he was getting lost in new york how the fuck can you get lost in new york it's it's a grid he goes you need to get 37 and 6 it's 11 up and one over he goes how how hard is how hard is it can you go you basic bitch (laughs) (laughs) it really it technically shouldn't be difficult to move around new york <laughs> when I heard that, I was you like, basic bitch! Yeah, like, like this little aggressive. You know? <laughs> I know. I heard him say, "I start." I was laughing too hard. He's like, "You basic bitch." <laughs> uh, all right, welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly podcast that discusses top geek news in the world of entertainment, gaming, science, comics, technology, or just fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, this is for the week of July first. 2018 the lazy geeks podcast is to oratory like a black man's dick to a horny housewife <laughs> so i'm stephen vargas i'm matt riley it's <laughs> offensive <laughs> but not wrong no it wasn't wrong it's just offensive <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right so uh just a quick uh quick uh uh, note for last week uh we didn't miss last week's episode last week's episode missed us uh right we hopefully we won't have this technical issue again i think hopefully i've you know fi- we've got it but yeah we had a, a technical issue that uh this time i wasn't able to retrieve the episode that uh that we lost for last week so we did do a full 305 which was great too i mean we had clowns we had you know carnival acts and and, yeah. and you know uh you know, uh, Brad Pitt stopped in and told us basically how much he he loved the show and listened to us all the time. So it was really cool. But unfortunately, none of you got to hear it. So, so but we know. And that's really what counts, as long as we know. I mean, when the Swedish swim team... Well, yeah. <laughs> I told you I had a surprise. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know... 
Just it, another it, day at the office. Really, yeah. I mean, it, it really kind of turned into the Howard Stern show, which you right. know is always that level you kind of want to go to. You know, it's like that's that's the level you want to hit. Like '90s Howard Stern, right? Show, '90s though. Howard Stern. You know, sometimes it becomes like a Joe Rogan kind of show, but you know, right. we try to. We that's the goal is to get to the Howard Stern level. You know, prime Howard, basically. <laughs> All right, so I guess on uh, on that note, we can. Uh, Go right into that uh, round and round table. I feel like we should blaze during this, you know? Like, I know. Uh. Token, token, token. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hit this shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Got a straight is this? <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> My head's gonna turn into one of those giant pumpkins, man. <laughs> man, you took the most acid I've ever seen anyone take. <laughs> uh, I never took acid before, man. <laughs> I never took acid before, man. It's gonna hit my head's gonna explode. I'm gonna turn into one of those giant pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> um, really quickly, uh, I know I've been kind of doing this because it's one. It's been kind of fun. Uh, but just some some of the chats that I've been I've been doing. Um, there's only really one that I kind of uh, that's kind of been my gimmick has been um, saying something that could be highly suggestive or even kind of offensive, and then using damn uh, fucking autocorrect and then say something completely different. Um, one of the main ones that it, that I tend to use is uh, it's uh, it's more or less along the lines of like, uh, damn, I think it'd be good if we fuck. Oh God damn it, autocorrect. Yeah, I'm just chilling. <laughs> so you know try that you know that's a little fun little thing right. you know and it's best to do it to people you don't know because then if they think ill or you know uh, good or bad of you who gives a fuck right um, so you know or people that you know like you know like you know you're trying to flirt with that you know the the, the co-worker you know then you say autocorrect then it's kind of like oh okay it was a joke you know haha we got it you know uh, because otherwise you just say like you know damn I think I, I would I would love to smash you might be can taken taken as offensive but it but <laughs> saying autocorrect kind of puts that little JK at the end you know it's like yeah we're just kidding if you say if you say I want to smash you and it's not taken as offensive <laughs> you smash it <laughs> right, right? right. That's exactly if it's kind of like you get a he 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 you're like oh shit you know yeah. About, it's, about it's about to go down. Because <laughs> we about that life. It's kind of really what's happening there. <laughs> and congratulations. <laughs> right. Videotape, photograph, um, yeah. email. Get, let, us, let, us, <laughs> let us know, um, you know, how it went. You know, you know yes. send us the, you know, if you could take screenshots of the text would be great. Or the or take a photo of the um, of the, the paperwork of you being released from the job because you did that. You know, just <laughs> be stranger right what we're trying to say (laughs) we want to know the successes and the failures that's right because what we try to do here is we try to cultivate that information and pass it on so then other people could have a nice little benefit of life of like going you know what i'm not going to do that because the guy on the show did that and he ended up you know he ended up homeless so i don't want to do that (laughs) (laughs) it's a little like what (laughs) (laughs) oh man so um, one thing we wanted to hit up, because I, we could have hit it up last week, but it's kind of good that we, we didn't. Um, Adam finally saw Cobra Kai. 
Yeah, this show was dope. <laughs> I watched it all in one day. I told you, dude. I like I, I told him like I go I binged it in one day because it's half hour. You know, it's ten half hour episodes, so like five and a half hours, you know? Um and that's barely half a season for anything like on HBO or Netflix or something. Right. But uh you know. No, it was really good. Um it's cool and I, I told Steve it's cool how there's not an official good or bad guy. Right. It's just two two men who are who are in different places in their lives and they're they're both trying to make it work because they each got problems. Yeah. You know, so it's um it's kind of interesting to watch that go down. I really like the uh the 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 kid. Uh, um Oh, you mean Johnny's uh Johnny's uh student? No, the yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that one. I like him. He's funny. <laughs> um Dude, when the chick smashed him on the chest and he's like, yeah. "Oh, my ribs." <laughs> you, know, you, hear, <laughs> you hear those little like breathy like why would you do that? You know, <laughs> that's what happens when you talk shit. No, I liked how um, uh, those fucking bullies that they ass whooped outside of a circle K. <laughs> right. uh, that shit was funny. <laughs> the fighting scenes were pretty dope. I thought they were well put together. And the you fight, see those, the, the one in the school when he finally takes down when he takes down those bullies. Yeah, but it was kind of cool because like you you saw like Danny's daughter. You saw her kind of get in that stance like she was gonna kick the shit out of him. Like, you're kind of like, oh, that would have been kind of cool to see her beat the shit out of him. But then, you know, he comes in and, and, and does it. He white knighted that shit. Oh, totally. And you see, it, like, she was less like, if I could, I'd do him right the fuck now, you know? That's all they need. Right. That's all they need. Well, that was like <laughs> the, when they went on their little date. That was cute. And she she put him on the ground and shit. He looked up like, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> like, like, I'm willing to submit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a really good show. It's really well written, acting's on point. Um, and I will admit, when I first heard it was going to happen, I was like, "Yeah." It sounded everybody. It, it just sounded gimmicky, yeah. you know. But I was like, "I'll give it a chance." And I think one of the coolest episodes was uh, the one dedicated to oh, Mr. Miyagi. Miyagi, you know, and I thought that was dope. Um, that was cool yeah. too. Like when he's like he gets into the car. You know, like one, and then you hear Danielson, and then he looks, and it's the scene from like the original Karate Kid, and you're just kind of like, you're kind of like, I, I know for me it was like going, oh, the feels, dude, that's giving me the feels. Or even just having the Mr. Miyagi's car or whatever was in the oh, side. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck, dude? It, it just the little attentions to detail was really good. But the the cool thing is, is it it wasn't, it didn't pull you away if you hadn't seen the original Karate Kid. Because they kind of like filled in the still gaps. Enjoy, they still filled right. in enough of the gaps that I think would make you want to see the original. I think that was a kind of what it would what it re- yeah really have done. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Even though I've seen it a couple times already, but I mean this and this isn't the um, went to China one. No, yeah, no. This we're is, talking about we're talking about the real one. That's right. <laughs> Not the bullshit one. <laughs> Not the Will Smith one. <sighs> produce it just so his kid can be in it it's like the fuck but uh but yeah you know and the one thing like patrick and i were talking about this um is what i loved was it was enough nostalgia to make you kind of like oh shit but it did it didn't lay it on right and and i thought it had enough of those enough of those moments like uh i was watching a couple episodes the other yesterday uh was when daniel put the um the gi back on and he's putting the headband on and all of a sudden you hear the music kind of the, the ba, 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 you know, and it's like that karate kid theme and you're kind of like, oh shit, you know, 
there was just a lot of stuff like that and the the music they played when the when uh, her daughter his daughter and um and um the kid went on their date was from the original movie right so you know it's just like all those little things you're kind of like oh cool you know they didn't really hype it up and but it was interesting though you seen like you know like they gave johnny a whole lot more depth you know than you know than the just a traditional and i love how they're using the uh the uh, karate kid uh theory that Johnny was really the karate kid. <laughs> yeah. And basically his life was ruined because this, this fucking, this little upstart kid just came, <laughs> came and destroyed his chances. Exactly. Uh, so I thought that was great. I loved how they, they pulled it in there. But, you know, the same thing is, is that, you know, perspectives. Each one has their own perspective. So it was kind of cool to see, kind of cool with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I told you because Adam's like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching the first two episodes of, uh, of Cobra Kai. I was like, I was like, damn. I go, I, I got into that i go i binged it like the whole thing and he's like yeah it seems pretty cool the next day he's like yeah i watched it all in one sitting <laughs> yeah because i mean i was doing other stuff right you know, i had it on the second monitor or whatever but it was um it was just good it was a really good show um can't wait for next season next season's gonna be dope i heard the that reminds me of a completely unrelated thing <laughs> that the second season of glow i think is up this month and yeah. i actually really like that show i haven't watched the first season i should allison breeze in it it's it's a re- it's it's actually a really good show. It's not just hot chicks. Like it's it's um. Don't ruin this I for mean, me. There's a lot of hot chicks, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's um it's just really good. I really enjoyed it. It has one. Oh, who's that dude that's in it? He's so fucking funny. Uh, Mark Maron. Oh, Mark Maron. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Maron. He's uh he's in it. If and guys, he's hilarious you, in it. If you guys remember that um clip that i played on one of the shows called um alpha alpha pussies that's the guy to say <laughs> right uh all right so um another thing i uh one thing that i did this week was i finally got to go see incredibles 2 um yeah how'd oh, you like that one? Oh, it was great i loved it um it had a lot of the fun i mean the dynamic was different because you have you know um, elastigirl trying to be the face of um uh, trying to get the heroes back you know because they outlawed um, superheroes and you know craig d nelson's character is is the, the stay-at-home dad so he's trying to take care of jack jack who suddenly has a lot of different powers right <laughs> uh, and um and the shit's hilarious uh, and he's also obsessed with watching tv and there's just this great scene if you haven't seen it yet there's a, a hilarious scene that has jack jack fighting a raccoon and that shit was insane. Like the raccoon is literally face punching the kid. You know? <laughs> like, like this shit is fucking hilarious. Uh, it was great. There was, of course, a little um, a little short that uh, it was uh, it was an, it was a short, but it was dealing with um, the Asian culture, and it was a metaphor. But oh, it was it was. It's just one thing I hate about Pixar is Pixar knows how to kick you in the fucking feels. So, like, I'm watching this short. It's, like, 10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes, and I'm already getting a little misty-eyed in there. And I'm, like, and I'm sitting there, like, trying to, you know, without really being noticed, like, put my finger in my eye to kind of, like, you know, prevent the uh, the the, the uh, waterworks from going. And I'm thinking, fuck you, Pixar, you fucking piece of shit. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Incredibles 2. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, the ending was great. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, if you guys haven't seen it, it's, it's really good to check out. Um, 
I like though the beginning of the movie they had they were doing this like collage and it was a it, and it had Craig T. Nelson, um, Holly Hunter, Samuel L. Jackson, and the director Brad Bird basically wishing the fans thank you for waiting 14 years. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it took fucking forever <laughs> to make another one. <laughs> I know they had talked about it like probably like two years after and then it just kind of sat and everybody was kind of like, well, what's going on with that? And then you're finally hearing it and then it's kind of like, okay, we'll see what happens there. Well, Incredibles uh, 3 is released in 2029. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I've heard good things about it. There was one person that told me that it was kind of slow. But, you know, everybody's well, so the original. The original wasn't that fast paced. Yeah. And yeah. some people just don't like that. Yeah. You know, so it um, character building plot development. Fuck that shit. I just want to see <laughs> shit explode. That's what it is. Well, I have a friend of mine and, and she's great. And she's she says she's a big movie person. <laughs> but it's funny because I so I have two friends that are big movie. people. She has a very big movie collection, just like Steve does. But she's extremely picky about what movies she actually likes. So there's a lot of movies she hasn't even seen. Because she'll see the trailer and go, eh, and she won't watch it. So every time I bring a movie up, oh, I haven't seen that. It's like, I think our tastes are different. That's what <laughs> I think. But, um, yeah, she said she enjoyed it, but it was just, um, it was slow and wasn't as good as the first one. And I was like, well, you know, it is what it is. Right. <laughs> and the first one didn't exactly, I, I like the first one. It didn't exactly move a fucking mountain for me, but I liked it. Right. I enjoyed the movie. You know, and I'm looking forward to seeing the second one. I know my kids want to see it. Yeah, it's although it's a half of them haven't seen the first one because it's so <laughs> fucking long ago. Right. So they're like, "What's the incre- and the incredible?" I think I heard about that, so I'm like, "All right, well, I got to get the first one now, so they can see that one." You know, like fucking Jesus, Pixar, get it together, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um. So I recently. Uh, and I might have already talked about this. I don't remember if I talked about it on um, a lost episode or if it was on an episode you guys all heard. Um, but I was – well, my wife actually was at Goodwill. You know, I like to go to Goodwill, see what's up over there. And um, you, she saw – He's got a lot of homies over there, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> they did they time, okay. <laughs> um, no. She saw this old um, PlayStation 1 which she called the PS2 because she's adorable. Um, and it, it looked dirty. It's one of those where you're like, oh, that's so sweet. Get your systems right. right. Get <laughs> divorced. Um, so it looked, it was very dirty. Uh, and it was, it had like a yellow-ish stain on it. And I don't know what it was. Like that kind of dirty. And it came, but it came with a controller, a memory card. Um, it had WrestleMania in it, <laughs> uh, which is a horrifyingly bad game. Um, but I'm like, well, with the game in it, I can test it, you know. So I, I, I actually went to the Goodwill has this wall of wires. And I'm like, I wonder if I'll be able to find one. Yep, found fucking PS2 uh, RCA cables. I was like, oh, shit, or PS1 RCA cables. I was going to say, wait, what? <laughs> well, they're the same. They yeah, use this. Just... But um, <laughs> so I found... I found those and the power cable is just a Sony power cable. Um, plugged it into a fucking, I dragged a TV over there and uh, it worked. Turned out it was, it was having a hard time reading the disc, but I was like, well, maybe it's just dirty inside because it looks pretty fucking dirty on the outside. So uh, I bought it, 12 bucks. Took it home and um, I, 
I got a little overzealous and I went to Zia Records and I bought a couple games with Gran Turismo and um, a Tarzan game is actually I found that at Goodwill um, in Final Fantasy nine because I Final Fantasy nine is my favorite Final Fantasy and I've never finished it <laughs> because I got to the fourth disc and a friend of mine stepped on the disc <sighs> and I never I never wanted to play it again because it's too those games are huge right. But now that's it's been over 20 years. I think I could sit down. I haven't I don't remember half of the game anyway. Um, that was expense. That was more expensive than the console Damn. because it's in the original case. It's not a greatest hits and it has all the original books. I bought it for like twenty one dollars, you know, nice. So I get it home. I clean the outside uh, with some uh, they I looked at a tutorial video says to to use Windex. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> and, and they said magic eraser, if anything, won't come off. Thing cleaned up, but it looks brand new. Looks like I just bought it, like in 1994. Like, that. that's how it looked. Um, the controller cleaned up nicely, too, and it feels like the controller was never used. I was telling, I was telling Steve, because it's not the DualShock. So I told, I, I'm, I'm assuming they bought it and then also got a DualShock and never used this one because it's, it's completely, even the D-pad snaps back. Like, it's crazy. Um, memory card had a bunch of random fucking shitty games. <laughs> it was full, <laughs> so I went through the process of deleting that. Uh, but yeah, everything works perfectly. Of course, it has the open button sticks, and you have to slam the thing down. But that's every fucking PlayStation One. Right. Um, fucking dope as hell. Super happy about it, and I'll probably buy a few more games for it. Um, onto eBase. Also. A new app came out, Steam Link, uh, Steam Link app. Steam and it's Link in, Journey to the Past. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in. It's currently in beta, but I, I downloaded, tested out. Um, now I have a Steam Link. It's like a little device that hooks up to my my TV, and then it will stream your Steam game games from your computer to the television. So this is the same basic idea, where it streams your PC games to your phone. Or tablet. Now I have a pretty big phone. I have a Note 8. Um, still, it was a little difficult. <laughs> um, I think it would be a lot better if I paired a controller to it. Um, but it worked flawlessly. I was sort of playing Civilization 6, although I just didn't have a way to control it, so it was being kind of lame. But um, hell, I'll, I'll fucking plug a keyboard and mouse into my phone. I'm, I'm not above it, you know. So. It's kind of cool. Like a lot of us have some, some games that you could play on a smaller screen or something like that. Or even if you have like a ten-inch tablet and you're downstairs and you don't want to go upstairs, well, there you go. You can stream it to your fucking thing. <laughs> if you're that lazy, you could stream it to. <laughs> um, but yeah, the app worked very well. I was impressed with it, and I thought that was kind of cool. I don't know if I can just access my computer. That's something I need to test out. Because with the Steam Link device, I can I can like minimize Steam and then use my computer on my TV. Um, but I can't do that. I don't know if I can do that on the phone. That'd be kind of cool. Just have access to my computer wherever I am in the house, which I can do with other things. But it'd be cool if that did it. But that's me. That's that's my week in review. <laughs> <laughs> week in review. That's right. Should we move this from the, the random roundtable to our week in review? <laughs> we should. <laughs> this week on a week in review, 
checking out the different categories in Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> There's some weird ones. Don't do that. <laughs> and Be if, prepared. If, if, and if you're going to do that, have a spotter. Right. You know, because sometimes sensory overload, you get confused, you start feeling weird. You're going to need somebody who's going to be like, okay, 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 five minutes, you know, break it up, all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Towel you down. Oh, oh uh, that's oh man! I was making a weightlifting reference, and then all of a sudden it was just like, oh wait, just <laughs> roll into the headlines, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! Uh, tell you down, folks. Tell you down. <laughs> all right. So this week. In a 5-4 decision issued Friday, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that if the government wants to collect a suspect's cell site inf uh, location information, detailed granular data that shows a person where a person is every few seconds, it needs a warrant to do so. Quote, According, uh, accordingly, when the government tracks the location of a cell phone, it, arc it achieves near-perfect surveillance, as if it attached an ankle monitor to the, users, uh, to the phone's user, Chief Justice John Warren wrote in a majority opinion. However, the court also suggested that there was seemingly arbitrary line of six days ruling that law enforcement certainly definitely, um, de certainly definitely needed a warrant to get CSLI or more than uh, the amount uh, for more for more than the amount of time, the majority of the Supreme of uh, the Supreme Court justices did not fully explain why they drew the line there. Much to the frustration of dissenting of the dissenting minority, the court the court yeah. <laughs> notably huh. declined to overturn the controversial three party doctrine, the '70s era legal precedent that found there was no quote reasonable expectation of privacy end quote in data collection by a third party like a phone company. The third party doctrine, which was created by two cases following at, known as Smith and Miller was the underpinning of the National Security Agency Section 215 metadata program, which was exposed by former contractor Edward Snowden. Building on the two previous pro-privacy decisions that the court reached in recent years, the majority found that cell, phone, uh, that cell phones are different. Quote, they give the government near-perfect surveillance and allow it to travel back in time to retrace a person's whereabouts subject only to the five-year retention policies of those wireless carriers, he, he noted. But there, are, uh, there is a world of difference between the limited types of personal information addressed in Smith and Miller and the exhaustive chronicle of location information casually collected by wireless carriers. In this case, Carpenter versus the United States involved a man convicted of six robberies in Ohio and Michigan. Law enforcement was, uh, was able to obtain 127 days of his CSLI without a warrant. Tim, quote, little Tim, in quote, Carpenter was represented by, at the Supreme Court by the American Civil Liberties Union and had support from numerous tech companies. One constitutional law professor, Elizabeth John, in the of the University of California Davis called this opinion sweeping the con the conservative wing of the court justice uh, Gorsh Alito Thomas and Kennedy were largely frustrated by the fact that in their view Carpenter had no valid claim to begin with as he did not own the cell phone records in question cell site records like all the examples just discussed are created, kept, classified, owned, and controlled by cell phone service providers, which aggregate and sell his information to third parties. A Justice Anthony Kennedy wrote in his dissent, 
Justice Thomas agreed. Carpenter did not create the records. He does not maintain them. He cannot control them, and he cannot destroy them, he wrote. Neither the terms of his contract nor any provision of laws make the, his, uh, make the records his. The records belong to Metro PCS and Sprint. So, yeah. Now, if they want any of that information, they got to they gotta do what they got to do with everything else. Get a fucking warrant. I mean, that, that they were basically working on a loophole. Yeah. Um, because the, it was an old law that hadn't been updated. Right, because the, but, the law was dealing with phone records, actual phone records. and this Which one, didn't have locations <laughs> and all that other shit. Right. And just it, who you called. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, you calling that basic bitch again. You know, now you got to gotta be careful on what you're doing when you're on your own cell phone. Right. And, and the government knew oh, yeah. that they were, you know. But stuff like that always catches up eventually. eventually yeah. You know, it takes its fucking per- sweet time sometimes. Hmm. So something less important, but I thought was awesome. I don't think Steve <laughs> does. Um Microsoft has been teasing keyboard and mouse support for the Xbox One for years now, but it's finally becoming a reality soon. Software Giant has partnered with Razer to enable its Chrome RGB lighting support in Xbox games. Chroma allows players to have an assortment of colors light up on a keyboard, and it's also useful for spotting ability cooldowns in games like Overwatch. Windows Central reports that Microsoft started briefing developers about the upcoming support earlier this year, and The Verge can cont- confirm the partnership is genuine. Sources sources familiar with, with Microsoft's plans tell The Verge that Microsoft and Razer presented their plans at the annual X-Fest event for developers earlier this year. Razer is planning to allow game developers to tap into its API to bring chroma lighting effects to games. If all goes according to plan, Xbox One users will start to make use of this later this year with Microsoft's fall update for the Xbox. Xbox gamers will welcome the addition of keyboard and mouse support, but some will question the impact on multiplayer games. Microsoft is allowing developers to detect whether a keyboard or mouse is present on an Xbox One, and games could potentially only match keyboard or mouse users with similar equipped players. Balancing games will be done down to developers, and Microsoft is offering up all the tools required to ensure games can can implement the support in a variety of ways. Microsoft will be supporting a variety of USB mice, including ones with wireless dongles, Bluetooth, and custom mouse drivers won't be supported initially, though. Microsoft is also on new game APIs that will allow allow developers to detect and block keyboard and mouse accessories like the Zim um, that currently unfairly mimic controller behaviors. So all of this sounds perfect to me. For one, a allowing developers the ability to detect if a keyboard and mouse is being used is good because someone who's skilled with a keyboard and mouse versus someone skilled with a controller, the, the keyboard and mouse is going to win almost every time in, in a shooter because you can just be faster. It's, it's just a faster way of playing um, that kind of game. Um, so it does make sense to only have keyboard and mouse people paired up with keyboard and mouse people. And controller people paired up with controller people. Uh, and I also like how Microsoft was like, uh, "That's if you want to do that, go right ahead. Like, they can cry to you. You know. So, um, but this is another cool thing about this is think about super poor um, college kids or whatever. 
and they want a gaming console, they also need something to kind of do their schoolwork on. Xbox, what is the one, motherfucker? <laughs> you could use the browser. You get the Google Docs and shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. I like it. I think I think this is a um, I think this is a good idea. The Xbox in the living room, having that browser on there, you could use that on your on your TV. I mean, we all have fucking smart TVs now, I guess, but the Xbox browser works a lot better than <laughs> one on a fucking smart TV. Right. So, it, you know, it's just little extra stuff that you could do and, and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I thought this was cool. All right. All right. So, NES Classic, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Nintendo's relaunching the miniature NES Classic last week, but not all retro fans have uh, have to get excited about 8-Bit Do has also announced a new redesigned wireless controller for the micro console, which was also available at, for pre-order. The company previously made the best wireless option for the NES Classic back in 2016, and while the new version isn't a huge shift, it does include a new notable improvements. The biggest change in the addition is the dedicated home button, also, uh, something Nintendo still hasn't added, even with the NES Classic follow-up. The gamepad also features a slightly different layout with the four main button uh, face buttons arranged in a square, as opposed to the cross and a new darker color scheme. Other than that, the new controller, dubbed the N30 for, uh, 2.4G, is virtually the same as its predecessor with wireless 2.4 gigs, a rechargeable battery, and a basic adapter that makes for a simplified plug-and-play plug experience. It's not clear when the new controller will start shipping, but you can pre-order it now for $24.99. Mega controller looks nice, too. Yeah, it does. I actually kind of dig that. And you know what? We should have wireless controllers at this point. Because... You well, know, I mean, it's a retro console. I get it, you know? Like, I understand it, but give the option. I was on, on my PS1 wired controller. I wasn't complaining. Y'all kids today. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of weird at first. Like, I'm playing it, and I'm like, what is it? Oh, it's the wire. Yeah, because like, you want like <laughs> to lean back, you know, but then you can't lean all the way back because, you know. Well, yeah. I'm right. In, I mean, I, mine's on my computer desk. I'm right in front of it, and it's a seven foot cord, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm all right. But okay. I understand because because I think that's the issue too is that with wired controllers, we all have bigger TVs now, right. so we're sitting further back right. um, from the screen. Because back so you in the day, have, you had what a large ass thirty six inch. You know, we gotta watch the game over at uh, what's his name's house because he got a twenty seven inch. You know that <laughs> kind of shit. You know. You had a fucking 40-something minutes. You were a god. But uh, that's pretty <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> right? Uh, that reminds me, too. I saw um, they just came out with, like, a Sega Genesis classic. It's called, like, the Nostalgia oh, System right, or something. Right, it has, yeah. like, 80 games in it. And it also plays cartridges. Yeah, I, was I like, heard about that. I was like, oh. Everyone's talking about Nintendo's little systems, but they have better ones out for other consoles. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, moving right along. So... CBS announced today that it has extended its deal with the NFL and the network will stream uh, NFL games via CBS All Access through the 2022 season. Additionally, those games can also be streamed on mobile devices starting this season. We're very pleased to extend and expand our partnership with the NFL and give our viewers 
and CBS All Access subscribers the ability to stream NFL on CBS games on mobile phones in addition to all other platforms for years to come. Mark DeBoy... De, what? <laughs> De, De, De Bevoisi, COO of CBS Interactive, uh, said in a statement, this deal enables us to deliver even more value to NFL fans, our subscribers, and our distribution partners. CBS airs regional AFC games on Sundays, and its mobile streaming deal follows similar agreements made between the NFL and other networks. NBC has the mobile streaming rights to Sunday night football while ESPN can stream Monday night football to mobile devices. Fox has mobile streaming rights to both the Sunday NFC games. It airs as well as, as some Thursday night football games. It's a fucking mess. Hmm. Um, Amazon has some streaming rights to Thursday night football as well. Previously, Verizon held exclusive mobile streaming rights to NFL games, an arrangement it gave up last year so that it could stream games on multiple platforms. We are excited to extend our partnership with CBS as it aligns perfectly with our goal to providing NFL fans with greater opportunities to watch NFL games across digital devices. Hans Schroeder, COO of NFL Media and Business, said in a statement, the 2018 season will mark a new era for... NFL fans with unprecedented access to NFL games across digital platforms. Now, now, two things I want to say. One, this is great for football fans. Um, any any way to watch something? I know that I I don't I'm I'm gonna pretend it's baseball so I can care. So, um, <laughs> being able to watch a game that you really want to watch that's being played in the middle of the day and you're at work or whatever on your phone is great. So that's awesome. The main reason I care about this has nothing to do with football. Anything to get people on the CBS All Access mm-hmm. is a good thing because it keeps that Star Trek Discovery going. That's all I'm saying. That's all I care about. Like all the nerds are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, put football in there. Go ahead. There's one thing I need to skip right. to get to that Star Trek. <laughs> so, um, but the, no, this is great. This is great for football fans. I hope um, the MLB can take a fucking take a listen. Because I think it's annoying that you ha- for baseball you have to have cable. Yeah, you can't watch baseball games without cable. At least in Arizona, like I the the Arizona Sports Channel is a cable channel. I have cable, but still, right? You know, it's it's annoying. So, and and you know when they lost the last three games to the Giants, who really fucking cares? <laughs> um. Anyway, but yeah, I, I know you, you're probably excited about that one, right? Well, I mean, you don't have to buy NFL Sunday ticket. Right, yeah, and that would be cool to have for the C- access to CBS games because, you know, CBS and Fox are the only two that really have, you know, football during the year. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. It, it is a great move by CBS because, see, CBS got the nerds with Star Trek. You know, they got some of the other people, you know, some of their other fans by, you know, uh, that The Good Wife spinoff and, and some of those other shows, and they're trying to build that up. But what they need... They're getting the every man. Yeah, they need that football. They need those guys to come in at football season and go like, hey, you know what, let's do this so we can watch the game. And then their hope is like, oh, this shit, they got that show on there? And then they just kind of stay with it all year long. So it's a great way to get it because if you can get marked the NFL in something, you're going to get people to sign up. That's just just smart business. When does the NFL season start again? uh, Usually preseason starts September. So Uh we're getting close. Okay. All right. Um. So, yes, 
Indiana Jones 5, the sequel we're not all excited about. <laughs> um, it uh, was supposed to be slated for, um, supposed to begin shooting in April of 2019. How long do you have to beat a dead horse before it's um, fucking animal abuse? That, that's that's my question. <laughs> Apparently Indiana Jones 5. Uh, so, uh, but it was supposed to be the next movie that Spielberg was supposed to um, to film, but according to Collider, uh, Jonathan Kasdan is replacing David Cope to write the screenplay. So it looks like while changes are happening, it's going to take a little longer for Indiana Jones to return to the theater. According to Variety, filming was supposed to begin in April of 2019 in the United Kingdom, but sources close to production say that shooting will no longer start next spring and will have been pushed back by months, if not a year, because the lead creatives aren't happy with the current state of the script. However, Spielberg and star Harrison Ford have um, remained committed to the fifth outing of Indiana Jones, where this leaves Indiana Jones 5 is in a bit of a limbo since we do not um, know when the script will be ready. And while Disney hasn't officially changed the date yet, is it'll be imagined that it'll be coming soon rather than later if the crew has already been informed of the delay of this project. So we can count our blessings that maybe we'll, we'll, we'll miss the next one. You know, that there won't be a five. They just need to stop. Like, yeah. didn't it's we just learn embarrassing. Any, didn't we learn anything from the last one? It's like, come on. What are right. you doing? What are you doing? Stop being dumb. Yeah. So, here's something that's going <laughs> to cause a couple of people to go, what? <laughs> um, Deadline just broke the news that Jim Carrey is negotiating to join the cast of the live-action Sonic the Hedgehog film as the movie's villain, Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik. Um, he'd be starring in the film alongside Westworld's James Marston and Ride Along's Tika Sumpner. Carrie last, uh, it's just weird. <laughs> Carrie last started, uh, or Carrie last starred as Tadic in the 2016 detective drama Dark Crimes and the 2017 uh, documentary Jim and Andy: The Great Beyond. He'll be both executive producing and starring in this year's Kidding, uh, which premieres on Showtime. The actor is well known for the crazed zeal he can bring to a performance, which could make for a very interesting Doctor Robotnik. That's actually a good point. GameSpot. <laughs> Thank you. Dr. Robotnik has uh, been Sonic's arch nemesis since the Blue Blur's first video game in 1991, possessing an IQ of 300. The mad scientist used his vast intellect to transform force creatures into killer robots so he could conquer the world and claim the powerful Chaos Emeralds for himself. I think we all know the story. <laughs> like, if you don't, like, what the fuck? Over the years, Dr. Robotnik's plans have become more comical, and the villain received the goofy nickname Dr. Eggman uh, in reference to his round body and <laughs> being an egghead. Uh, there aren't that many details concerning the plot of the Sonic the Hedgehog film. The movie seems to follow the same gist of the games. Robotnik is doing something dastardly to take over the world, and Sonic needs to stop him. However, they there are a few interesting twists this time around. An interview by The Wrap with film producer Neil Moritz revealed the movie will follow the buddy cop format where Sonic, a juvenile delinquent in need of a friend, teams up with a small town cop to stop Eggman. Uh, we'll probably get more details closer to the film's scheduled 2019 release. The movie is being marketed as a mixture of live action CGI. I'm actually excited about this movie. Because it could either be super shitty, 
Mario or the Brothers, next the Mario Brothers movie. It could be the new the next Mario Brothers or the next Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Never really know. No, I, I I'm excited for this because I know at the very least my kids will like it. Like all my kids have seen the original Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, as have I. Right. Um, and that cartoon is fucking great. You know, so they'll they'll like this, but um, it's going to be interesting. Hmm. Will it though? I mean, probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I can. Ca- I don't care. I, I feel like it's going to be one of those shitty movies I love. Right. That's what I feel like it's going to be. All right. So Disney is ugh, stretching here. Disney is closing up shop on its direct-to-video unit, Disney Toon Studios. The news was announced uh, via IndieWire when the Glendale-based studio shutting down effective immediately. Unfortunately, that means layoffs of 75 animators and staff, although it is unknown if they will be transitioned to either Walt Disney Animation Studios or Pixar. While this move comes after the announcement of Peter Docter and Jennifer Lee assuming departing CC. Oh, John Lasseter duties at Pixar and Walt Disney Animation Studios, respectively. IndieWire says the shutting down Disney Tunes was in the works before the promotions. The unit has recently has released a hasn't released a film since 2015's Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast, but enjoyed renewed success with the Cars spin-off Planes in 2013, which was followed by the sequel called Planes Fire and Rescue. Those two films receive theatrical releases, but for the most part, Disney Tunes is focused on creating content that would be released directly on DVD and Blu-ray. The direct-to-video markets have dwindled in recent years with the advent of streaming services, which is which has resulted in more content being produced directly for streaming and bypassing the physical product altogether. No doubt Disney is now looking to its upcoming streaming service as the future, which will launch in 2019 with boatloads of original and a library content. Perhaps some of the animation animators of Disney Tunes can transition to Walt Disney Animation and create animated features, animated feature content that could be released directly on the streaming service. So uh, yeah, and, I mean this is cool because you know I was I was actually before I got to that point I was thinking yeah I mean direct to video doesn't really seem to be a thing much anymore. You know it's yeah like, I mean Disney used to own that market though. Oh yeah, especially for the kids. Um, I mean, it still is a market, but it's not. It's so different now. Like you, we have direct-to-streaming services. It's kind of the new direct-to-video, and, and that makes sense. As you said, with Disney coming out with a streaming service, that's probably what's going to transition into. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, those movies are are well watched. Like all those fucking Tinkerbell movies, dude. Right. I've seen them a million times. And my kid, my kids love them. You know what I mean? They're they they're well. The movies that were coming out of that studio, I was actually, I actually read this, um, I read this before we, we came into the podcast and I was kind of, I was kind of down about it. I was like, oh, you know, that, that was a good studio. Right. They came out with some good stuff for kids. Um, and they did kind of sillier things, you would, you would say, like something, kind of different kind of stories. They didn't have to really follow a formula or anything because right. it was going to the movie theater or whatever. Um, there was a certain level of quality difference between the two. Right. There was one. There was one of the Tinkerbell movies where one of the one of the fucking fairies um, pretended to be a pirate and was trying to sell the goddamn the pixie dust to to float the shit. I was like, "What's happening?" But it was a good movie, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. Right. So, um, hopefully, they don't stop making direct to something. I know we're probably getting that fucking streaming service. It's gonna be yet another one I gotta pay for. <laughs> 
Um, moving right along. Tech geeks, including me, <laughs> are a nostalgic bunch. <laughs> we can remember when Tandy computers oh, were sold. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Tandy computers were sold in Radio Shack, and when one of the choices we faced was to go with a Sound Blaster 16 or AdLib audio card. Sound Blaster 16 is the obvious choice in that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, even ever so ever, ever so often, a company will tap into our penchant for nostalgia. That is the case right now with Microsoft bringing back its iconic IntelliMouse, which was first introduced back in 1996. The thing about old hardware, however, is that it's not always suited for modern times. In fact, Microsoft continued to update the IntelliMouse for several years, up, up through 2003, when it released the IntelliMouse 3.0. The new classic IntelliMouse for 2018 is based on the 15-year-old design with the same classic ergonomic look and feel, but with improved performance and features built ar- features built around modern technology. So what exactly is different? We improved two really important factors, the tracking sensor and the tactility and feel of the buttons. What we know our fans, what we know, oh Jesus, what we know mm-hmm. our fans will see and feel is that it's the exact same shape and size of the IntelliMouth Explorer 3.0 from 2003. However, underneath the hood is all brand new technology, brand new mechanical engineering, and brand new structures. So it's a lot more rigid than the original. The build quality is really excellent, Microsoft explains. The new classic IntelliMouse uh, uses the same Omron switches as found on the previous model, but, the, but adds three Cal switches the middle wheel button and side button according to microsoft the side buttons are vastly improved with a snappy and crisp feel uh just the right force and click to them um so i i was half excited about this because yeah microsoft makes used to make really good mice like they were the end all be all in a lot of a lot of years just made great mice and yeah, actually, you know, I remember ever. one of one of my favorite ones was a Microsoft mouse. But this is like their kind of basic one. Um, I want their gaming mouse. <laughs> God damn it, their gaming mouse was the shit. I mean, this I guess this kind of was because it was before there were gaming mice. The Sidewinder, though, that's the name of it. I, could, I was drawing a blank. Sidewinder mice series, the shit. Bring those back. So if that means everyone has to buy one of these damn IntelliMouse, buy that so I can get the one I want. <laughs> Please, thank you. And that was your public service announcement <laughs> for today. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. All right. You know one thing that fucking sucks on mobile browsers? The lack of ad blockers. Right. Microsoft is building... Adblocker Plus directly into its Edge browser for iOS and Android. The software giant has started making the integration available to Microsoft Edge for Android beta users over the weekend, along with uh, alongside a iOS test program. The feature will be rolled out more broadly to all Edge for iOS and Android users soon. Usually, how that how it happens. Uh, the Adblocker can be enabled uh, in the Microsoft Edge settings, but does not require a separate add-in to download and install. 
Microsoft's step is significant as the company has partnered with Adblock Plus to build a functionality straight into the browser. Google previously unveiled its own ad block, ad blocking in Chrome for Android, but it's not as aggressive as Adblocker Plus and hardly existent. I've been I've been using Chrome or uh, Chrome for my mobile devices. I don't even notice that there was an ad blocker in there with all the ads I get. Yeah. Um, there you go. But most ads aren't blocked on the majority of sites. But as little as Firefox for Android browsers also includes a form of built-in ad blocking, but it's only activated during a, an in-private tab session. Or you can just download, uh, uh, what's that ad blocker we use? Um, Origins. Origins. And then put that as an add-on. That's the only reason, that's the one benefit of having uh, Firefox is you can use add-ons and you can use that busts all the fucking yep. ads everywhere. Particularly if you like watching like porn and stuff. Because those are fucking most aggressive. And who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Samsung Android users can also install AdBlock extension to block ads in Samsung's browser. Microsoft Edge for Android has now reached 5 million installs on the Google Play Store. It, all, it still has a way to go to catch up to the 100 million Firefox installs or the default Chrome browsers, which has more than 1 billion installs on Android. It's not clear how popular the Edge browser is on iOS, but Microsoft's first release Edge for iOS and Android back in November, and the company only recently made it available for Android tablets and the iPad. So, yeah. I like the Edge browser. I'm going to be honest. Um, it's <laughs> it's the it is the fastest browser on Windows 10. Unfortunately, it's a little behind with the the add-ons and stuff like that. Although I I use like two add-ons, um, but I always will when there's a major update for Edge, I'll download it on the phone, or or start using it on the computer and kind of see what they're doing. Right. You know, um, it hasn't grabbed me yet, but it's it's impressive. And they're just slow about it. You know, they need to kind of like put your fucking browser out. <laughs> I know, it's, it's amazing on how slow they're being. And it's like, it, it's it, almost like they're like, you know what? We're so far behind. We take our fucking time. <laughs> it's like you're not Blizzard. Okay. You know, it's right. like, come on. We, we don't need we'll to do be that. Out. We need to out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And that's the weird thing is it's like Microsoft is so relaxed about it. They're like, whatever, you know, and it's like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to be, hey, it's exciting. But if you're taking so much time, it should incorporate everything that everybody wants if you're taking this much time. I mean, when did Windows 10 come out? Two years ago? Yeah. And how long did it take for Edge to not be in beta anymore? <laughs> like, so when did, when did was it like last year? Like, it took like well over like at least a year and a half for it to like finally come out of beta. But like, yeah, July 29th, 2015. Wow. Yeah. So. so it's like, you know, come on, guys. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Fucking shit together. What are we doing? Fuck. The shit is, the streets are real out here. I was just thinking that shit. <laughs> Feel out these fucking streets, man. We ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus, calm down. <laughs> Something exciting today that I read, um, and I'm going to share it with you all, the listeners, <laughs> and Steve, if he hasn't seen it. Um, Seth MacFarlane's The Orville took home a top honor at this year's Saturn Awards celebration. 
The Orville was honored as the best science fiction television series, winning over fellow nominees The 100, Colony, Doctor Who, The Expanse, Salvation, and The X-Files. This win could be considered a major upset for the for the for the Orville. What? A first season series having won over long running series Doctor Who. Uh, they just fucking put it weird. Um, which said goodbye to star Peter Capaldi and showrunner Stephen Moffat this season, and the X Files, which was likely in its final season. That's kind of fucked up too. It was likely in its final season. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, the Orville was nominated in, in three total Saturn Award categories. In addition to Best Science Fiction Television Series, McFarlane was nominated for Best Actor on Television, uh, which was awarded to Kyle MacLachlan for Twin Peaks The Return, um, and Adriana Palacki, she's hot by the way, was nominated for Best Actress on Television which went to um, Sinquoia Martin-Green for Star Trek Discovery. I, I agree with the, that uh, that choice because you got to give big ups to Star Trek. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> the Orville is heading for San Diego Comic-Con where Fox will reveal a sneak peek at the second season of the comedic Star Trek homage during a panel on Saturday in the Indigo Ballroom. Panelists include stars uh, McFarl- McFarlane, Lackey, Penny Johnson, Gerald, and Scott Grimes, as well as executive producers David A. Goodman, Goodman Brandon Braga. I fucking my 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 tongue is yeah. not functioning today. I'm having the same thing. Maybe we both suffered a stroke. I don't know. Probably. <laughs> and John Kassar. The Orville will return on Sunday, December 30th, Ugh. following a Sunday Night Football doubleheader. Um, the series will then resume in its usual Thursday time slot following the conclusion of the NFL season. The midseason, that kind of sucks. It, it, it like comes back on the 30th and you still got to wait for fucking football to be over. <laughs> Christ. The midseason return plan uh, is similar to the Orville's debut, uh, which followed a Sunday night football game before moving to Thursdays for the remainder of the season. The Orville season two is currently in production. The series uh, is adding Jessica Shaw S S Z O H R as a new series regular. I'll click on that. And Chris Johnson in a recurring role. I'm going to click on that. And it's season two. A veteran Star Trek writer was also brought on as an additional executive producer. And a fan favorite Star Trek actor is confirmed to return as a guest star. Star Trek The Next Generation star and director Jonathan Franks will also contribute to the new season. Of the Orville. I'm very excited about that. Um, the Orville was Fox's biggest premiere since Empire and had an audience of approximately 14 million viewers across all platforms during its first season. The new season of The Orville will consist of 14 episodes. That's kind of a small season. Yeah. You know, whatever happened to the 27 episodes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it went on forever. Um, who is. I, I see their picture and I still don't know who the fuck they are. Oh, whatever. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll be great. Um, that's that. The Orville. I think the Orville deserved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there'll probably be a lot of diehard Doctor Who fans that are like, oh, that's fuck. But I mean, you know, let the new guy get something right. for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Like, um, how do you feel about that selection, sir? And McFarlane and Pulaski not winning. 
um, the other ones. I don't know. I mean, Twin Peaks is kind of like whatever. Um, I've never seen the old one. I don't know anything about it. And to me, it was just kind of like whatever. Why are we? Why is it even up for contention? Um, but uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think he should have won. I don't think McFarlane would have could have won because it was just kind of McFarlane, you know. It wasn't like, and he, it's a, it's a comedic show. Yeah. It's hard to win an award like that from a comedic, comedic show because you're right. acting silly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, but, uh, you know, as far as, as far as the acting was, you know, I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't have won even if I didn't want Twin Peaks to win, but, uh, you know, <laughs> some shade getting thrown well, no, because of the fact that it's really just him playing Brian, you know, it's kind of, that's, you know, kind of who, but that's all we need. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, as far as the show goes, uh, you know, if you guys listened to us before, we loved the show. Like, we actually loved the show before we actually really got on board with Discovery. Um, because it, this this was the Star Trek that people kind of wanted that didn't like Discovery. Right. So, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, Orville's more Star Trek than Star Trek is. Um, which I think spoke volumes. Because, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, you know, Star Trek should be different. It needs to modernize with the times. And it did. It, but it took a while to catch on. But when it finally did, it it worked. But there was something really, really good about what McFarlane was doing. Kind of taking Star Trek, giving it that little comedic twist, but still kind of giving us those stories. You know, it was still kind of the same story with just... It was almost like an episode of that what we would do. You know, you take right. the episode and then you just kind of put the humor in there and then the, the funny little things. And that's kind of where where I saw it. You know, I think the timing of its release was perfect, perfect too. Yes. You know, because it was coming out with Star Trek, and and at first I was like, oh, this Star Trek sucks. It's it's going to be changing it up, but that's not what happened. So now we have two distinct, distinctly different ways of telling almost the same story. Yeah, and I'm excited about that. I think that's great. You know, and um, if anyone feels different, they can go fuck themselves. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not kidding bitches but that's it that was the article so i mean we can roll ahead should we yeah nothing no other shade to throw out there while you were you know (laughs) listen it ain't shade when it's true motherfucker keep shade what's up the sun can hurt you you trying to you get cancer staying out in light i'm just saying all right let's go into our what the actual fuck (laughs) all right so we've been quivering with anticipation ever since lego (laughs) officially confirmed it would be adding voltron the universe's premier lion-based defender to its range of fan petition lego idea products now but now we finally have our first look at the final set and it's even better than we imagined oh it's fucking amazing uh, based on the design submitted by Lego Ideas user Lenet underscore D69, the Lego Ideas Voltron is based on the design first bit uh, seen in the beloved 1984 animated series rather than the modernized, updated, currently forming on Netflix and DreamWorks Animation Studios. Coming in at a whopping 2,321 pieces, the kit is one of the biggest mecha Legos ever made. Of course, as any good Voltron toy should, the set features all five main lions of the Voltron Force, black, yellow, green, red, and blue, that can transform into their feline forms into parts necessary to become to get, that come together and form Voltron itself. 
Uh, you can actually see the uh, the images on the link in the show notes. It's actually an article from um, io90, io9, sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and shit looks sleek. Like they don't even look like Legos. And then you put them together and then they form Voltron and you, it's just like. And it's so cool because it works with Voltron because you're forming fucking Voltron, Right, dude. exactly. Like, it's a fucking uh, Lego itself. Uh, the, I still need to watch that Netflix show too. It's that, pretty that good. It's me. pretty good. Um, the best news is it actually won't be the long. It won't be long before you can bag Voltron set for yourself. The Defender of the Universe will cost 180 bucks, which is actually considering. Comparatively, kinda, it's not bad. Comparatively, yeah, it's not bad to like the Star Wars stuff and things like that. And it'll be available on the official Lego website from August 1st. But if you're going to the San Diego Comic Con next month, it'll Ooh. be available there in limited quantities. If you want to try. To get bring your, your money on. with you. you bring your, yeah, because if you're going to Comic-Con to buy some of this shit, you'd be, best be bringing your money with you. Right. Because, you know, you know, because the streets are real. <laughs> okay. Out there. San Diego streets, be real. <laughs> Gaslight District is no joke. Yeah, it's like, man, you go, you go in there like, Gaslight represent. No shit. <laughs> like, oh shit. Gotta hold your fucking wallet. <laughs> so... Speaking of Comic Con, this was fucking dope when I came across it. Um, this month's San Diego Comic Con is set to showcase the future of nerdy movies, television shows, and even futuristic fast food. Taco Bell recently announced plans to bring back their nacho fries, a hugely popular side dish that debuted um, at their locations earlier this year. And by the way, I was a little too excited about the return of nacho fries. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, to celebrate the return, Taco Bell will be launching a pretty layered marketing campaign which will culminate in a demolition man themed pop-up for the uninitiated demolition man is a sort of sci-fi cult classic which follows john spartan sylvester salone a police officer brought out of suspended animation in 2032 to track down a dangerous criminal named simon phoenix played by wesley snipes in one memorable sequence of the 1993 film it's revealed that taco bell was the only company to survive the franchise wars meaning that every restaurant in 2032 is some form of Taco Bell. Yes, you heard that right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you create a fake trailer for a fake movie for a real product that surpasses all <laughs> expectations of products and movie trailers, it seems inevitable that you have to create a sequel. Uh, Marissa Talberg, chief brand officer of Taco Bell Corp., said in a press release um, via Business Insider. And what better way to tease this sequel than pay homage to a real movie's 25th anniversary, uh, one that had a very compelling view of a fictional future? Yeah, because it made, it made Taco Bell look like it was the fucking shit, dude. <laughs> um, this Demolition Man-themed Taco Bell will be available from July 19th to July 21st in San Diego Comic-Con. More details are expected to be released closer to the convention date. If you're not able to make it to blah, 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 blah. Buy nacho fries. That's basically what it says. Um, this is fucking dope when I saw that. Because and, and the Taco Bell that we saw in the movie was like a fine five-star right. restaurant. You know, so it'll be really interesting to see what this pop-up looks like. And I can't wait to see the, uh, the press on it. Um... I don't. It was just out of left field because that's one of my favorite movies, Demolition oh, Man. Demolition that movie's great. fucking it's, great. It's such one of those like cheesy action movies that's just fucking awesome. 
but it's also an original idea. Like yeah. they, they, nothing like that had been came out. I was like, what? That movie was great. What Legendary fucking John, Bar- uh, John Spartan, you have been penalized. <laughs> you have been. What was it? You, you have been, been fined. fined. You have been fined one credit of the moral moral morality statute or right. something stupid. And they need toilet paper. And he's like, <laughs> you cock guy, brother. I was like, oh fuck, dude. It was so great. And that was the height of Sylvester Stallone when he was just like the biggest badass. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so and it was Wesley, uh, Snipe actually, Wesley Snipes' villain actually fit. Yeah, he like, did in in that, and so it was actually kind of cool watching that whole thing. That if you really think about it, Demolition Man, was Sylvester Stallone's kindergarten cop. Yeah, it was. He moved on to a comedic role, but he's still being a badass, I guess. Yeah, but uh, God, I want to. I want to watch that movie now. <laughs> it's funny because it's funny that you we we talk about that because uh, last night they were showing on HDNet. Uh, which is all HD movies. They were showing um, uh, Cobra. Yeah. And I was like, Cobra, when Stallone was the ultimate badass. The movie that he left Beverly Hills Cop to do. Actually, should have. Actually, Cobra was the movie he wanted Beverly Hills Cop to be. And everybody was like, this is a little darker than what we're going for. So then he left. And Cobra was nuts. Cobra like, was like ridiculous. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that fucking that it was over the fucking top, but it was great. He uh, always had them shades on. Oh, like, yeah, What's up? <laughs> so that funny. scene, that scene when he he came in with the dude that was in the uh, he was gonna blow up a fucking grocery store or something. I don't even remember. I only remember what was said, but it was just so like fucking. I don't really give a fuck what you're gonna do. <laughs> I don't know any of these fucking people. What I do know is you're about to get fucked up. <laughs> like that kind of shit. You know? right. God damn. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Great. Uh, great stuff. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, uh, most likely when the week uh, the week of Comic-Con, we will probably be doing uh, a full episode just based on Comic-Con related news. So get ready for that in, uh, in, uh, in mid-July. So... Yeah, right on. Yeah. So, all right. So that's it for this week. Thank you for checking us out. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please leave those reviews, iTunes, five-star reviews, or just regular reviews on Stitcher. It'll help us out greatly. Follow us on all that social media, Twitter and Instagram, both under the name The Lazy Geeks. That's one word. Don't forget to follow our Facebook and Google Plus pages. Any feedback you want to give us, you can also send to The Lazy Geeks at Oh, no, I'm sorry. The geeks at the lazygeeks.com. I don't know my own fucking email. All right. And uh, you can find me on the interwebs uh, on Twitter, at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sapientlg and adam at lazygeeks.com. All right. And that is it for us this week on our very, very short episode. <laughs> Yeah, um, we actually breeze through that, huh? Yeah, it's like an hour, hour gonna be an hour and ten, so uh, which is like what twenty minutes shorter than what we normally do. Uh, right. That's what happens when you have less bullshit going on. All mm-hmm. right, so that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. Peace out.